Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Kenneth Keating said, freedom has only the meaning with which men endow it. It is not enough to pay lip service to the concept of religious liberty. We must pay heart service to it as well, else it remains an empty phrase instead of a living reality. But who cares what that old fool has to say because he was a rich white man, don't you know? And worst of all, a Republican. Just kidding. Welcome in. This is Religionless Christianity, and we're so thankful you guys are here. And I think we got a pretty good show to bring to you today. That's why we're bringing it to you. Um, <laughs> so before we dive into this episode, honey, is there anything you would like to say? I just thank God you're not in pain with anything. <laughs> Nothing random has happened. He hasn't woke up with any aches and pains. I don't know. I guess your calf is all healed up. It's not all healed up. It's getting pretty good, but you know, and you always think that you're getting better. And I was, you know, I don't feel the pain very much anymore, but I was at work and crossing a crossing walk, you know, and some cars stopped to let me through. So I went to like jog across the crossing walk and like that first little half run step, I was like, Ooh, Lord. So it's not healed up completely. So keep praying for me, but it's, <laughs> God's telling there. you to slow down, maybe with everything in I life. Know. <laughs> I've cut the workouts back. I've increased the water. Just got to get on the stretching. And then I'm in the TV 12 <laughs> zone. So we're getting there. Um, as far as prayers for me, um, yeah, I think uh, we got a couple of friends that are still sick with COVID. Um, so lift people. them up. Uh, Tommy and Faith. <laughs> Uh, they're doing well, no big issues, but you know, no one likes being sick and, uh, just pray that they bounce back well and, um, are better for it in the long run. So COVID's coming to an end, hopefully God willing, <laughs> God willing. So, uh, today we do want to focus really on 
Um, two stories that we sort of touched on. Well, one of them we touched on last week, um, but we didn't really have time to dive, dive into it too deep. Um, and the other story uh, sort of took off last weekend. Uh, so we just want to circle back and um, pay close attention to those today. Um, so the first one is uh, John MacArthur in his rebuke of religious liberty, uh, as we touched on last week. And um, we have an article from ChristianityToday.com that we're going to kind of use to dig into that with. Um, and then uh, last Sunday, if you're unaware, uh, many of the pastors in this continent, um, yeah. America and Canada, took to their pulpits to preach about what is being dubbed as Conversion Sunday. Um, and is uh, if you see here, and again, everything that we talk about article-wise is going to be linked down in the show notes, so you can go check all these out. And there's a cool... Um, website because it's actually kind of hard i found it hard to find you know specific sermons on um this conversion sunday but this article here they lay out um a lot of the specific sermons so you can go and check those out and give them a listen give them a read of their articles or whatever it happens to be if you're interested in the uh conversion sunday sermons so that's what we're going to be talking about mainly today um, but before we dive into those two specific articles, we're going to get through our weekly uh, walk through the shadow of the valley of death as we look at the news the media, the valley the of the shadow of death. I never get that right. <laughs> I get worried every time I'm about to say it. Never goes right. I will always point it out. <laughs> Thank you. can always count on that. So, um, yeah, just getting into the news here, because we do have quite a few news stories to get to. and. I, I feel like I couldn't even get to all of them. You know, normally we go through weeks and there might be like one big story. Um, but it seemed like today had, or this week had a lot of, maybe not necessarily big, like overpowering news stories, but there seemed to be a lot of stuff that I read and thought of as being interesting for us as Christ followers. So it's a lot to keep up with. Like I'm is. just going to look at all his articles and I'm like, are we talking about all these? Yeah. And he assured me we weren't. No, say. we're not going to, you know, and Good. again, we're just looking at the news. We want to get into these biblical-esque um, topics towards the end, but I do think it's important to kind of see what the world looks like, um, because that's sort of why we do this show, right? Christ in the culture and that sort of stuff. How do Christians look at the news? Um, I know, it's like you don't want to look, but you have to. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's definitely, I mean, that's something me and Nikki um, <laughs> talk about every two weeks, it seems like, because <laughs> she's a lot less into looking at the news. Uh, I don't like it either. She likes it less. Um, but I just wait for you to tell me the things that I might be interested in. So like he sifts through it all and then tells me. <laughs> right. And I think, you know, not because I enjoy it, you know, I don't necessarily enjoy it. But, you know, the whole reason why we started this show is how do we live as Christians in a secular world? And mm -hmm. that's where we are. And None of us like to focus on it. We want to yeah. be focused on Christ and loving our neighbor and the joyful things. But the problem is there's not that much of that going around. Um, mm -hmm. So in order to navigate this world, you know, you have to kind of see, I think, you know, what's the truth? What's the lie? You know, and not just that, but your kids live in this world, your cousins, yeah. your brothers and sisters, and they may not be quite as spiritual as you are, or you at least think you are, right? And 
you know, I, as I was putting this episode together and me and Nikki were talking about it and, um, I was thinking back to like one of the first episodes really that we did diving into this. And that was the little Nas X Satan shoes. And that just kept coming back into my mind because I hate this news too, but I was kept coming back to like, why did we talk about that? Like that show and that topic. And it's because like, you may not know who little Nas X is, but your kids do and Mm -hmm. their friends do, and they listen to him and they think he's cool. And if you don't know about it, you listen to old town road and you're like, Ah, that's a pretty catchy song, like no big deal. But you got to get behind that, like get deeper and be like, oh, this dude is a Satanist. Like your kids think a Satanist is cool. You've Mm got to address that. Satan's out to deceive the parents to get to the kids. So I guess that would make sense. Parents would be like, oh, that song's okay. But then you said. It's just all of it. You know, I mean, not every story I think is going to be quite as black and white as Lil Nas X. Um, Yeah. And I get that we don't have like our view on Christianity in the world is not the, uh, you know, the be all end all of views, but we just want to give you our ideas, um, our thoughts so that it's at least something for you to think about and ponder. You can disagree. And again, we want to hear from you guys. We don't think we're right on every topic. Um, but we just give you our opinions as best we understand the same thing with Mars Hill. Mm -hmm. Why listen and why review that other than other Christians were going to listen to it. Mm-hmm. And it's good to give other opinions and other ideas. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of why we still do the news and why I still think it's important as much as I hate it. Because the news is part of our life. It's the world that we live in. And Even if it's all a charade, like I was saying. And I it was is like, is it even news? No, and, and that's part <laughs> of understanding it, right? Is we bring it in. I think we've told you guys plenty of times on here that like, our politicians are actors. Um, and that's part of understanding the world that we live in. So when you see them going out there and making these, you know, grandiose speeches and the latest one this week, right? Like, oh, the filibuster, we've got to end the filibuster. And the other side says, no, we can't end the filib. It's all a charade because they all were on the other side of the aisle just a few years ago, right? But it's important to know that, right? So um, that's, again, why I think it's still important. If you think we shouldn't get into the news, let us know. I'd be more than happy to. Uh, I want to make this show beneficial for the listener. Uh, it's not just for me. It's for you guys as well. So let us know if you think that this is a waste of our time. Yeah, we'd like to have you guys um, like post some questions or things that you'd like us to talk about. Yeah, that I mean, if there's good. topics, even if it's just throughout the week, you know, like we record these episodes closer to um, the Saturday release. So you know, if there's throughout the weeks, something that you pop up in your mind, like, hey, I was thinking about this, even if it's a biblical topic. Yeah. Let us know and we'll, we'll see do if a we shout can. out to you. Let you know it was, yeah. And again, we're no theologians or apologists, so we're going to be giving you as best we understand it. Or if it's a news topic that you think, hey, this is pretty important. What do you guys think about this? Um, again, we want to do what's important to you, mm-hmm. not necessarily just what we think is important. Right, so, exactly. Um, but... All that said, the first news story of the week, um, and this one is more of a question for you guys. So, um, baby, if you want to read this headline, let me get it pulled up here. Yep. Uh, Trump calls the Capitol Police officer who shot Ashley Babbitt a disgrace and claims the FBI was behind the insurrection. Yep. So Trump was in the news. um, And I just highlighted down here he said <laughs> the fake news never talks about it 
They never talk about it. Exactly how many of those present at the Capitol complex on January 6th were FBI confidential informants, agents, or otherwise directly or indirectly um, with an agency of the United States government? People want to hear this. And um, Mm. I think why this story jumped out to me is, you know, it's obviously going to be initially kind of thrown into that scrap heap of conspiracy theory, right? Mm -hmm. Because Trump said it. Um, But I, for one, you know, personally, I think so much of what Donald Trump has said, especially in regards to Washington, D.C. and, you know, the going on there, you know, what people do and who they are, I think is proven to be true over the last few years. I mean, the way he says it, the package it's wrapped in is often unpleasant and most people tune it out because of that. You know, but so much of what he's claimed about how maniacal these people are seems to be true. Mm -hmm. Um, So here he is now saying the FBI was heavily involved in the so-called, you know, insurrection, right, in Washington, D.C. So I'm not trying to make a statement here. I'm just curious what you guys think of this whole, um, you know, because like Nikki said, it's a charade, right? And if we have FBI agents working to actively, you know, stir up Mm -hmm. strife and um, these sorts of things in the in the country just so that they can turn around and point the finger back at somebody else like Mm -hmm. it's a pretty serious thing Um, something to definitely be aware of and yeah yeah I mean we all need probably we don't need but we all (laughs) are gonna Mm -hmm. have to find more time in our prayer closet for as wicked as our world is and if this is just one more of those things um, you know because that's not something the FBI should be doing right so just curious what you guys think about that. I don't know if you thought anything about this. Um, I think everything that he says that sounds conspiracy is worth considering because everybody hates him. They all right. hate him. And I mean, they've told us everything he said has been a conspiracy. And yeah. a lot of it's panned out to be true. Um, so curious if this is as well. Time will tell. I believe just Friday, um, Ray Epps is a name that you get uh, here get thrown around a lot as being one of those FBI agents that was stirring up strife. I believe he was testifying um, sort of behind closed doors for the January 6th committee. So we'll see what comes out from that, but hmm. that could be interesting. So just an interesting story is all I think of with this first one. Um, the, next, okay. the next story... Uh, is there ever a good Joe Biden story? I'm curious. Um, so this one, baby, if you want to read the headline. Mm-hmm. Biden divides opinion as comments comparing deaths of MLK and George Floyd resurface. Yeah. So this week, obviously, um, earlier this week, marked uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. A uh, pretty important day in the history of this country. And an old video resurfaced of Joe Biden. Um, And down here, he says, even Dr. King's assassination did not have the worldwide impact that George Floyd's death did, uh, Mr. Biden said at the time. It's just like television change. I don't really care about the rest of it. It's unimportant. Um, (laughs) I just thought, like, this is obviously idiotic to say, right? The only way that this makes sense to you is if you're just a political swamp creature who only cares about winning news conferences and winning elections. Like Martin Luther King Jr. has had, he's influenced, he's inspired those around the world for 50 plus years. 
Like George Floyd was a lit match tossed into a tinderbox. That's just a disgrace that he would compare him to George Floyd. That's just. And like, even if you yeah. thought that in your mind, you can't let it come out of your mouth. Like, you know that that's divisive. Not only that, it's untrue, right? I mean, for anybody with a brain, you can realize that, yeah, George Floyd's death cost a, caused a lot of uproar across the globe. But to think that, like, in 60 years, we're going to be like, remember that great work George Floyd did for... No, in 60 years, we're still going to be remembering I Have a Dream, right? Like We're oh still going to be goodness. reading and remembering Martin yeah. Luther King Jr. Yeah, um, that one was like of hope and the other one causes hatred that's 100%. one brings people together and one of them divides and that's why i think in president biden's mind george floyd was more important than or at least more impactful right because that's their whole political ideology is to divide yeah to you know stir up hatred divide turn so everybody elevate. against each other and in that sense george yeah. floyd you know martin luther king healed racial division he brought about peace in this nation. Mm -hmm. And George Floyd, his death reignited racial strife. Mm -hmm. Or at least that's the way they're trying to right. use it. Yep. Um, it's because of the way. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess in Satan's kingdom, George Floyd was more impactful than Martin Luther King. Because um, Martin Luther yeah. King was tearing down the kingdom of hell. And uh, George Floyd, <sighs> uh, his went the other way. Through no fault of his own, necessarily. I mean he die i don't know if george floyd would have cared one way or the other i don't think so but he they had certainly, no idea uh, took his death and turned it for the worst possible um outcome so mm. yeah that one's just ugh. i'd be if you guys have a good president biden story like ever a good one from the last 48 years of his public <laughs> service please send it to us we would love to see it um <laughs> it would be heartwarming <laughs> uh so next up uh a third story that jumped out to me um this week comes from christianity today and if you want to read that headline honey the 50 countries where it's hardest to follow jesus in 2022 and then just read like those first down to there it says a thousand more christians were killed for their faith last year than the year before a thousand more Christians were detained. Six hundred more churches were attacked or closed. And Afghanistan, Afghanistan is the new number one, according to the 2022 World Watch List, the latest annual accounting from Open Doors of the top 50 countries where it is most dangerous and difficult to be a Christian. Yeah, so hmm. maybe uh, completely unsurprising to most. I know it was not very surprising to me. Afghanistan is the most dangerous <laughs> place on earth for Christians to live. And it's that good ever to changes. <laughs> well, I mean, it did. It's been North Korea forever, right, uh, is what the article goes on to say. And this year, Afghanistan overtook them. So it's good to know that we just uh, cut out of there, left Americans behind mm -hmm. to die and be uh, fending for themselves. Um, Americans and our allies. So that's good. Uh, but that's in the past, right? Can't be living in the past. Those guys are fending for themselves People now. moved on. Yeah, we're worrying about filibusters now, not lives of Americans. It's old news. Um, and I'm curious because I tried to find a list of the most dangerous countries for Muslims to live. 
And I couldn't find any. I did quite, I mean, not a ton of searching, but enough searching where you think you would have found it. And I would assume that that's because they're the same countries. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think for all the talk, you know, that the antichrist left likes to spew about, you know, Islam is just peaceful religion. That never really seems to be the case. You know, wherever Islam has a stronghold, uh, it's never really safe for anybody, uh, Christian or any other religion. So uh, maybe that's right. why you can't. Maybe this is the article of. It's peaceful if you imply, follow along. Yeah, I mean, it's peaceful if you got the sword <laughs> in your hand, I guess. I don't know. But yeah. Um, yeah. So couldn't find that article. I'm assuming it's because they're the same places. Um, Hmm. So just interesting. Uh, I would keep these people in prayer. I mean, as I kind of joked earlier, there are still Americans in Afghanistan. There are allies in Afghanistan. But more importantly, there's brothers and sisters in Christ who are facing uh, very, very real persecution. Their lives are very much on the line. Um, it's and... just something I, I think about. Like whenever we pause at church to think on persecuted brothers and sisters, and I just I, it's just hard to imagine yourself in that place, you know, pray yeah. for their faith. But I pray, like, I just always wonder, like, oh, will I be ready? Will I be worthy to go through something like that? Yeah, I think that's the prayer we all need. You know, like Martin Luther said, like, you know, I want to be worthy to be martyred for Christ. Like, yeah. is my faith going to be worthy of standing mm -hmm. for that? And yeah, I mean, it's something you can't really put yourself in those shoes until you're there. You know, you could think that, oh, I'd stand. Of course I would. I'd never back down. But I think because we don't have it going on here, we don't pray about it. We don't pray to be ready for it. But I think over there, everybody's praying to be ready for it. Yeah. You don't suspect anything's going to happen. Why would you pray about it? Yeah. And I mean, we get lost in our prayer clauses about, you know, everything. I mean, this is one of the things that we've been talking to our kids about as we've um, you know, started reading the Bible more with them, praying more with them is, you know, and I, you guys have all heard it, I'm sure before, you know, if Jesus or if God answered every one of your prayers today, how would the world look different? Or would just your life look different, right? Would you have a bunch of fancy new things, but mm -hmm. the world still looks the same? And, mm -hmm. you know, I imagine for some of these persecuted Christians, the world might look different if God answered all of their prayers. Um, for us here in America, I'm not sure how much the world would look different, you know, or would we just mm. uh, have a little more comfortable life, you know, a little better health, a little better uh, financial status. So it's definitely convicting. Um, mm. And these people need our prayers. But more than that, you know, they need they need our help. <laughs> I mean, and there's there's people out there helping them. There's missionaries helping them. There's uh, yeah. companies that are seeking to help them. So, you know, I think. Uh, we did an episode not too long ago. If I can find it, I'll have it down in the show notes with some of the uh, missionaries and com uh, companies that are working to help those in Afghanistan. So, I mean, they mm. need your money. They That's need right. they need finances to do the work that a lot of us are unable to do. So um, definitely keep those people in your, your prayers as best you can. Um, don't get tired of praying for them. You know, we're fortunate our pastor does every Sunday. In our opening mm -hmm. prayer, we pause to um, think on our brothers and sisters that are being persecuted like we were with them, mm -hmm. you know, so we think on that, pray on it. And, um, you know, 
yeah, it'd be nice to pray that they, uh, you know, find some freedom and so, all that. But I think it's more important and oftentimes can be more impactful that their faith not fail them, you know, right. that, you know, maybe they don't be removed from the persecution. Don't but that remove they stand them from strong. the refining fire, because when you're praying, God, remove them. That's what you're praying really is take them out of the furnace. But God's like, I'm not done refining. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, certainly we want them to save. We want them to yeah. to live a long life. But more than that, we want them to have the, the faith and the courage to stand boldly, even mm -hmm. um, if it means, you know, going to, to their version of the cross, whatever that looks like for them, because um, their rewards will be great in heaven. So mm -hmm. uh, don't steal their rewards uh, in heaven for some earthly, you know, right. peace, security. So just, you know, pray, you guys know how to pray, just pray for them. Um, I'm sure they'll appreciate that even either in this <laughs> life or the next, um, for sure. Um, so kind of the last sort of big news story that we're going to look at this week, um, we have two more to touch on after this, but the kind of the last one, and it's finally a bit of good news in the COVID front. I think you get so much awful news coming and we finally got some stories um, where we're making a little bit of ground in the COVID battle. So mm -hmm. it uh, seems like a big step. Yeah. So this first one here, baby, if you want to read this headline. Yep. Says Starbucks drops employee vaccine mandate. Ooh. Like Starbucks? Just want to read That's those. Crazy. Starbucks is uh Scraping its planned employee vaccine mandate in response to the su Supreme Court's decision to block some of the Biden administration, administration's COVID-19 vaccine requirements from taking effect. In a memo reported by the Associated Press, the Seattle-based coffee chain said unvaccinated workers will be able to keep their jobs because of the court's decision. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, I was then, just thinking they're always in Targets. How would that affect the Starbucks that are in Target stores? I mean, they may have their own policies, you know, if Target is they, mandating that, or maybe they just can't work in that. Mm, you know, I'm not sure how that thought. would work necessarily, but um, that's awesome. You know, and then the article goes on to say, uh, we respect the court's rulings and will comply. The chief operating <laughs> officer. Um, wrote to his employees. And I thought, man, it's pretty odd. You know, I read a story earlier that Carhartt, uh, they were going the other way. You know, I was like, how odd that Car or, uh, Starbucks is respecting the Supreme Court's decision of not influencing this vaccine mandate. Hmm. But Carhartt, who's supposed to be this like rugged Americana brand, isn't. They're still mm -hmm. forcing their employees to be vaccinated or fired. And I was like, you know, in a weird turn of events, you almost find yourself in a place where like you should save your money that you were going to spend on Carhartt and you should go spend some of that at Starbucks. <laughs> um, and I know that Starbucks is not necessarily like a Christian freedom loving right. person's business of choice. Um, but I think when they're right on something, you've got to support them because that's how you yeah. condition them right. to make the right choices. Right. You know, so if you just consistently like, I'm never going to Starbucks, screw them. I don't care what they do. Well, then they're not going to care what you think, right? But if they do this and they remove a vaccine mandate and they see a bunch of people, you know, they record profits or something, they're going to be like, that was a pretty wise decision on our part. Well, you know, money motivates. And in the same I mean, token, if Carhartt winds up losing 
a bunch of money because nobody buys from them, they're going to go, you know, maybe that was a uh, unwise choice for us to demand all of our employees, you know, get a vaccine or get fired. So um, I think it's, it's cool from Starbucks. Uh, it makes me feel better because I occasionally get Starbucks and I don't like feeling like a dirt bag when I roll through there for a coffee. Um, so now I can be like, hey, I'm doing it because of the, the vaccine mandate. That's why. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so in my opinion, if you care about my opinion, don't buy from Carhartt. Uh, send them a, a tweet, send them an email, tell them you're not buying their clothing until they remove this mandate. And, let their employees work uh, yeah. free in their own conscience and all of that. And uh, maybe go buy a coffee from Starbucks. And if you don't like it, just dump it in the, the grass. We're Americans. We got more than enough money to waste on a cup of coffee. Oh, so, um, But mm. in even bigger COVID news, um, England is ending their COVID restrictions, um, at least for the time being, you know, pray for them. Who knows what, political winds will blow there. But um, you want to read this headline, honey? Boris Johnson ends England's COVID restrictions, including mask mandates and vaccine passports amid scandal. Yeah, I I don't know too much about that. But (laughs) uh, yeah, I I mean, I read through this article and um, I don't know, scandal, who really cares why they're doing it? They're doing it. So um, if you want to just read those all right uh the end of plan b lifts many coronavirus restrictions johnson imposed on england the prime minister said that beginning thursday covid passports for entering nightclubs and large events would no longer be required though private venues can continue to use them if they wish people will no longer be advised to work from home and employers may coordinate a return to to offices and face masks will no longer be mandated in England, though the government is encouraging people to wear coverings in enclosed or crowded spaces or when meeting strangers. Um, and starting Thursday, school children will no longer have to wear face masks in classrooms. That's a big one. That's a big one. And this to me is a this is a freedom loving uh, idea of how to address COVID. This is Mm -hmm. what our government should have been doing, saying, hey, we recommend that you do this because we think that it's safe for you. But then you still have the free choice as an Mm. American or a private business to say, we'll we'll do that or we won't. Mm -hmm. But instead of, you know, forcing businesses, forcing people um, to do something against their own free will, uh, their own conscience is... It's, it's just not the way that a, f- a freedom-loving country should operate. So it's good to see England, at least in some sense, leading the way. Um, he goes on to say down here, uh, we will trust the judgment of the English people. <laughs> ah, what a novel concept. Uh, you'll actually that trust sounds that like... you don't know more than everybody in your entire country. Uh, right. How loving and kind of you. So it's the right attitude to have, Mm -hmm. you know, it's such an arrogant and egotistical mindset to think that you're always right. You always know better than everyone else. Um, You don't, you know, just because somebody has a hillbilly accent and didn't go to college (laughs) 
doesn't mean you're smarter than them. Doesn't mean you know how to live their life better than them. Um, right. So right. again, the way a freedom loving uh, civilization should live and operate, England is at least in some sense looks like they're kind of uh, taking the lead on that. Hopefully, yeah. we will follow. Um, yeah. So that's Hopefully. good news. Pray for England. Pray for their leaders over there that they have a spine, because. Mm -hmm. The uh the godless left is not gonna go quietly into the night here. Oh no. Um, uh, uh, uh. So they will have a tantrum. Yeah, the authoritarians in England are the same as they are here and they don't want to relinquish their grip. So yep. pray for them. They're gonna need it. And mm -hmm. um and just pray also that, you know, COVID dies down over there, that it doesn't spike back up to where they right. feel inclined That's... to go and shut people back down, you know, because politicians are you know they go with whatever the wind's blowing so i know i always think of the conspiracies why it would spike back up well our elections aren't until november so maybe <laughs> we'll get a couple months respite before they spike back up so um the <sighs> last two stories here that we want to touch on um just to kind of foreshadow some of the uh the stuff that we're going to talk about on the next couple episodes um so just make sure that you're sticking around here if these news articles sound interesting to you. And even if they don't sound interesting to you, stick around because maybe <laughs> we'll get to one that you do find interesting eventually. Um, so the next one that I wanted to talk about, and again, it comes from Christianity Today, which is, it's a topic I've wanted to talk about for some time because it's something I'm very interested in. Um, so seeing it on Christianity Today's website, I was like, maybe now's <laughs> the time if Christians are starting to... Uh, you know, have some interest in this. So if you want to read that headline, honey. The case for not treating NFTs as a scam. And just right there. Uh, proprietary gifts may seem silly, but Christians have reasons to think about digital ownership. Yep. So um, NFTs, who knows why they exist? Um, but we are working right now. We've been in contact with a, um, not a cryptocurrency expert, but a cryptocurrency knowledgeable fellow, um, <laughs> that we are going to try, uh, to get on the show to answer some questions, you know, about crypto, Bitcoin, NFTs, all these sorts of, you know, topics to try to, you know, make it simple for us and then try to explain why this is important to Christians. Why should we care about cryptocurrency and nfts and bitcoin. i am interested in learning yeah because i'm you excited know, about it i still think that bitcoin and crypto has that stigma of like oh that's what drug dealers use and you know what? like that yeah. old sort of which isn't the case but it's still it's a lingering thought so hopefully he can come on um kind of clear some of that up make it simple for us to understand and yeah. tell us if it's a good idea for christians or not you know yeah is that going to be before our next Saturday or? No, that will be, we're working on that episode to be not next weekend, but the following well, weekend. Well, I was going to say, if you guys have any questions that we could ask him. Yeah, definitely. That's, yeah, that's why it mattered. Yeah, if you are interested in this and you've got some questions, um, we've got questions in mind that we want to ask him. But if you have something specific, uh, please reach out to us on any social media platform. If you're on YouTube, throw it in the comments. Who cares? Mm -hmm. Email us, get on the website. Um, yeah. Just get us your questions because we want to make his time worthwhile. Mm -hmm. And we want to get the information that you care about um, 
because you may already know basics and maybe you're looking for a little bit deeper dive of mm-hmm. um, some cryptocurrency stuff. So get us those questions. We will try to get them to him and get the answers you are seeking. So uh, really the only question we care about is when will Shibu Inu hit <laughs> 50 cents so I can retire? And, uh, 50 cents. Uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. the next story that we have here, um, this is what we're going to be talking about next weekend. So, um, mm-hmm. we're just going to touch on it now, but this is a topic that had me and Nikki pretty, uh, pretty talkative. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> talkative. So <laughs> do you want to just read that headline on you? So the Potter's house, Denver sells property and goes virtual. And I forgot what the Potter's house was. It's T.D. Jakes. Yeah, so this church, church is T.D. Jakes' daughter and son-in-law. Um, yeah, they sell their property. They're going virtual. So we aren't going to have enough time in this episode to really get into that. We wanted to flush that out more next week because we think it's an important uh, issue to discuss. Yeah, um, definitely. So again, make sure that you're subscribed. Hit that notification bell so you don't miss these episodes if this stuff sounds intriguing to you. Um, cause we're going to mm-hmm. try to dig in more to this. Cause this is something we are quite passionate about. Yeah. Um, the digital church. So do you have any last thoughts on these before we start rolling into our main issue? Don't get me talking. No. Yeah. Shut up, Nikki. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. So again, just, just want you guys to be aware of those last two, two sort of the cryptocurrency and the Potter house, because that's what we're going to be talking about. Um, more next week in the following week so those should be good episodes coming up um all right so normally at this point we would kind of dive into our biblical topic uh but rather than doing the biblical topic we wanted to kind of take two news stories like we mentioned from the past week and just sort of dissect them a little bit more um just because of how intriguing we thought they were they grabbed our attention um and oddly enough They both involve John MacArthur. Uh, That was not intentional (laughs) necessarily, but he just seems to be all the rage these days. So uh, the first article, um, again, is one that we talked about in our news segment last week. So Mm -hmm. we will have that that episode linked down in the show notes. So you can go and check that out and give it another listen and um, see kind of what we had to say there. But yeah, it's the, uh, the article that had to do with, um, John MacArthur's video sort of resurfacing where he's denounced religious liberty. Um, and I haven't been able to find sort of the whole sermon where that came from. I never was able Mm. to get, um, never really able to find that. Um, That's really weird. It would be hard to find. Yeah. I do have a clip that we're going to try to play on here, but. The um, the article that we're going to touch on that has to do with this um, comes from Christianity Today. And if you want to read this headline, honey. Because no, religious freedom doesn't send people to hell. Yep. So this was an article written by Russell Moore. And if you're unfamiliar with Russell Moore, uh, I have his bio. I think. No, I don't. I'll have it linked down in the show notes. Um, I have a, a bio of him, but he's a name brand in Christian circles. You know, when you get to 
the John MacArthur levels and stuff. Uh, he worked for the Southern Baptist Convention and stuff like that. So yeah, he, he's a pretty big name. And then uh, if you want to just read these two paragraphs. Mm -hmm. uh, last week, an old video resurfaced on Twitter in which John MacArthur, pastor of Los Angeles Grace Community Church, announced he did not support religious freedom. In the clip, MacArthur argued that supporting religious freedom promotes idolatry and enables the kingdom of darkness, that religious freedom is what sends people to hell. Some reports contend that quote is out of context, fitting um, as it does in a larger argument. Even so, this kind of argument against religious freedom is a familiar one, usually in reference to somebody else's religion. Yeah, so let me see. I have the clip. I think I'm going to try to pull it up and see if we can't play it. All right. Um, read the other day that one of the evangelical publicists, whatever that is, said he's happy to let us know that the new administration will uphold religious freedom. Really. The new administration uphold religious freedom. Um, I don't even support religious freedom. Religious freedom is what sends people to hell. I, to say I support religious freedom is to say I support idolatry. To say I support lies. I support hell. I support the kingdom of darkness. You can't say that. No Christian with half a brain would say, we support religious freedom. We support the truth. Yeah, so that's um, the first half of the clip. And as we mentioned last week, this clip was edited, as you'll um, kind of see when we play the second half of this. But it was edited to sort of, I guess, make the point of whatever this guy's point was trying to make. But listening to this and then reading through Russell Moore's um, article, you know, and I think that this is one of those cases where both sides of the argument are true, mm -hmm. um, which may be a weird line to walk. But I think as Christians, um, I think we can and should hold both beliefs. And mm -hmm. um, again, I think it might sound odd, but I think it's correct. You know, so let's just start with the Russell Moore um, in the more like pro-religious freedom crowd argument. And Russell Moore, let me see if I can find it. Yeah, he says right here, um, the question of religious freedom is who should have regulatory power over religion? If you believe religion shouldn't be regulated by the state, then you believe in religious freedom. Um, and Russell Moore here is right, but I think only in his sort of limited thinking when you look at things only from the political angle. You know, keep in mind, and 
your, his bio won't tell you this, but this is the same Russell Moore who in 2016, you know, while he was working for the Southern Baptist Convention, um, joined an amicus brief going to court to support the building of a mosque in New Jersey. So his religious freedom told mm. him to support the building of a mosque. And, you know, I think this is where Russell and those like him, maybe the more like political in nature, religious leaders, um, they hear this from John MacArthur and their mind immediately goes to politics. Mm. Um, you know, so again, in that sense, they're right. You know, we as Christians, when looking for politicians and we're voting in elections, I think we should be demanding and voting for political leaders that believe in religious freedom. Um, yeah. It won't be like, like China, but then like the gospel is spreading there. It's like people count the cost there, but people here don't count the cost. So I can see both sides. Like you said, they're both yeah, necessary. I mean, it's yes, because that is true. I mean, Christianity is a persecuted uh, person's religion. When you say like true Christianity thrives in persecution. Yes, it does. Although <laughs> I don't know any Christian that's praying for persecution. I think we pray for strength to, you know, withstand persecution, but yes, it does. It's made for those in persecution, right? It's made for the least of these. That's, that is who the religion is for, um, in a sense. I mean, we're all, you know, obviously can, mm. can come into the kingdom, but, you know, I just think in that sense, right, in the political sense of this, yes, you want a leader who supports religious freedom, um, and we should be demanding, you know, our religious leader or our political leaders sort of give us this society that allows for us to freely practice our religion. Right. It's good for us, but at the same time, it's not good because we're more influenced with all these other religions. And, yeah. you know, we got to protect our kids and there's more deception out there because of it. Yeah. So I think that's sort of um, the second the second half of this, and I think this is where Russell Moore gets it wrong, and the mm -hmm. rest of these people get it wrong. You know, when I listen to this clip from John MacArthur, um, I don't think it's necessarily a political point of view. And this is where I believe John right. MacArthur is right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we as Christians, on an individual level, like personally, um, we should be intolerant of other people's beliefs. You know, I think we should be not for religious freedom in a personal sense. Um, you know, the reason for that, right, is because we know as Christians that there's only one way to salvation. Uh, John 14, 6, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's why. Yeah. So we should not, you know, believe personally, I think, in religious liberty, because any belief or faith outside of that in Jesus Christ like MacArthur said, sends you to hell. Um, you know, yeah. and religious liberty, like you said, does lead to idolatry. Mm -hmm. um, the more false religions that we have in this country, the more likely others are to follow those false religions. Um, yeah, what, it does send people to hell. Religious freedom like that. And everybody's like, you do you culture and judge not. And you just, in the whole um, idea that your religion is a personal thing. Keep it to yourself. Don't shove it down anybody's throat. Nobody yeah. wants to be bothered. 
Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that obviously wasn't always the case in this country, but that's definitely taken over in the last couple decades. Um, but I mean, this is nothing new, right? I mean, you can read through the Bible and it's littered with examples of the Israelites turning to false religions yeah. and false gods. It's all for up. our good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's being religiously intolerant is for our good, for sure. <laughs> um, but Judges 2, 11 through 13 um, says the Israelites did what was evil in the Lord's sight. They worshiped the bells and abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed other gods from the surrounding peoples and bowed down to them. They angered the Lord for they abandoned him and worshiped Baal and the Ashtaroth. So this is just one of many, many examples of Israelites being mm. influenced by these other religions in their region. We're always influenced. Yeah. And we are all liable for that. Um, so I think, again, I think they're both right here. From a political point of view, yeah, we want religious freedom because we as Christians want to have the ability to live and believe as we see fit because we know that that's the best for not just us, but for all of mankind. As a personal, you know, on a personal level, I should not want religious freedom for other people because I know that that sends them to hell if they go any other way besides through Christ. So it's a weird hat to wear to kind of wear both of those hats, but I think it's the correct way to be. Yeah, um, it's just trying, like, we, we want God to be sovereign. And, you know, freedom of religion and it had me thinking of, like, free will and God's going to save who he intends to save. And so, I don't know, it's just one of those things. It's, like, it doesn't matter if there's religious freedom or not. Um, God uses all situations, circumstances to reach who he's going to reach. Right. I mean, we're not going to stop God's plans, um, but we're still called to pray. We're still called to, you know, be a part of this world. And we should ask God, you know, again, that we would have freedom of movement, you know, freedom to be and live the way that we want, the way that we want. I don't think that's a bad prayer to ask for. Right. But at the end of the day, if that doesn't ultimately happen, God's still going to move and his plan is still going to come to fruition. Yeah. Like um, we don't, want persecution that's not no. a thing that we desire yeah we want yeah. everybody to be blessed believers and unbelievers <laughs> yeah so again these articles um in these clips from john MacArthur and stuff that i can find they're all going to be linked down in the show notes so you can go check them out for yourselves um let us know what you think but i do believe again that both viewpoints are correct um yeah i agree so in that second part of the clip though and I think John MacArthur through what I would think is a bit of prophetic foreshadowing, uh, if you will, at the end of this clip, he sorts of, sort of, hit, I think hits the net or the head, hits the nail on the head <laughs> quite perfectly. Um, and I think what's funny with men of God, you know, as I would say John MacArthur is, um, time generally proves them right. Yeah. And, um, you know, the godless left, you know, those kind of people, they're always going to kind of take every opportunity to call him crazy, like they did here with MacArthur. Ah, mm -hmm. oh, he's crazy. Can you believe what this guy said? Um, you know, but over time, they're generally proven right. And what it reminded me of, um, if you remember our reviews of the rise and fall of Mars Hill. There How was, could I forget them? Well, there was one episode, <laughs> and I can't remember which one it was. 
but where Mike Cosper, the host of the show, basically kind of talks about how off base, how off base Mark Driscoll was, um, because Driscoll in one of those episodes had made a claim. I think it was about, and I'm going to butcher this. I'm going to be like vaguely right in what I remember him saying, but uh, he basically made the point that um, if you started to allow women to preach from the pulpit, then it wouldn't be long. And I think he made the point that like you would have a monkey in a hat or something like that preaching, basically saying that (laughs) if you let a woman preach from the pulpit, it won't be long before it starts to become more and more absurd. And, you know, Mm. Mike Cosper, again, he was like aghast that, you know, Mark Driscoll would say that. Um, but then you look at when he said it and like within a decade later, you know, there were churches that had homosexual pastors and transgendered pastors. And you're like, yeah, give him time. And Mark Driscoll hit the nail on the head there too. So, um, again, I think that's what John MacArthur did. I, we're going to try to pull up this clip again and play that second half. Uh, let's see. All right, let's see if this plays. If the new administration supports religious freedom, get ready. Persecution will be ramped up because the more supportive they are of the devil's lies, the less they're going to tolerate the truth. Yep. So that's how he finished that. Um, And I thought, how perfectly, you know, because in other news, uh, <laughs> Canada has just passed their C4 bill. Uh, so, you know, he said that if this administration, you know, supports religious liberty, persecution is going to get ramped up. Um, hmm. And if you want to just read this little part here of what Canada's C4 bill is. Yeah, it's an act to amend the criminal code in uh, conversion therapy. Yeah, so in layman's terms, it's religious persecution enshrined into law. So um, you didn't have to give John MacArthur long. Now, obviously, he was not talking about Canadian government. um, (laughs) But, you know, what MacArthur said again here, and this is what people like Russell Moore found so outrageous, uh, MacArthur said, Persecution is going to get ramped up. The more they're supportive of the devil's lies, the less they're going to tolerate the truth of scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think this is a perfect example of that. And I was doing a little bit of digging, but I'd be curious to know if anybody has found a Russell Moore uh, response to Canada's C4 bill um, in religious liberty. Uh, I, I doubt that you'll find that. But if you do, we would love to read it. Uh, Russell mm-hmm. Moore calling Russell Moore. Uh, (laughs) So let's just look at this bill really quick. This is what we want to focus on here at the end of the show. Um, This bill that's enshrining religious persecution. So if you just read in the preamble, uh, if you want to read this, honey. Uh, Whereas conversion therapy causes harm to society because among other, other things, it is based on and propagates myths and stereotypes about sexual orientation, gender identity, and gender expression, including the myth that heterosexuality, cisgender uh, identity, and gender expression that conforms to the sex assigned to a person at birth are to be preferred over other sexual orientations. 
gender identities and gender expressions. This a lot to take in. Yeah, <laughs> this is that. insane. So <laughs> Canada has just written into their national laws that the Bible is mythological. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, oh my goodness. You know, they said here, including the myth that heterosexuality, cisgender identity, and gender expression um, are to be preferred over other orientations. Uh, you mean the biblical idea of God creating man and woman in his image? So they're saying that they've always believed in myths and they've never called it science? I don't know. What are they um, saying they just used to follow myths? Did they say, are they saying they used to follow the Bible or they used to follow science? hand in hand. <laughs> I don't know, but this to me, again, they just wrote into their laws that the Bible is mythological. And I just wanted to, from a Christian perspective, is to point out that, like, make no mistake um, that this is satanic. Yeah. You know, you can read this into like, oh, this is a weird law. And like, no, it's a satanic law. Yep. Um, and Canada's leader, Justin Trudeau, he is a form of antichrist. Yep. Um, it's very important to be clear of that, not to just say, oh, well, he's really liberal or he disagrees mm -mm. with us. Mm -mm. He's a form of antichrist and he's writing into he law. He hates the word of God. He hates the word of God and he's writing into law satanic principles that the Bible is mythology. That oh, is man. so dangerous. And if you think that this stops in Canada, I think you'd be a fool because our leaders that are running this country are every bit Justin Trudeau. Yep. Um, and I believe that they would welcome this level of wickedness if they thought they could get it passed. Yeah. Um, so we need to be very clear of the enemy that we're dealing with and that that enemy is right on our border. <laughs> I mean, this isn't some European, you know, crazy country. This isn't Australia going off the rails. Like this is Canada. This is right up, right up North touching the border. Um, mm -hmm. so this is dangerous stuff. Um, which is why all of these pastors, John MacArthur, uh, Dr. James White, um, went out and preached about this. And pastors all across Canada stood up to this bill and preached about biblical sexuality um, to their own peril. And, you know, uh, go give those. I would say, you know, if you can find a way to listen to their sermons, reach out to them, give them a, a note of encouragement, I'm sure they would appreciate it. But uh, we just wanted to kind of look at what conversion therapy is and sort of what this bill outlines mm -hmm. just to make clear that this is not just some you know right-wing christian conspiracy that persecution was written into law right um so it says down here let me see if i can find it um if you want to just read through there Okay, so conversion therapy means a practice, treatment, or service designed to um, change a person's sexual orientation to heterosexual, change a person's gender identity to cisgender, change a person's gender expression so that it conforms to the sex assigned to the person at birth, repress or reduce non-heterosexual attraction or sexual behavior, repress a, uh, a person's non-cisgender uh, identity or repress or reduce a person's gender expression that does not conform to the sex assigned to the person at birth. Yeah, so basically conversion therapy is trying to help somebody through their mental confusion. Right. 
to back to the place where God designed them to be, a heterosexual uh, male or female that they were designed to be. You can't do that anymore in Canada. So what if the person wants to be counseled? Can they only be counseled by certain people? Like who counsels them? Who's allowed to counsel them? I'm sure it will be a university professor um, that believes in uh, transgenderism. and Because that's what I find interesting. Like, And I haven't combed all of Canada's laws, but I imagine what you won't find enshrined in the law in Canada is the opposite bill. You know, a bill banning converting someone to homosexuality, converting someone to mm-hmm. gender confusion or transgenderism. You won't find that bill because to the them law. that's truth, and the Bible is not true. Yeah, like <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, your emotions to, are true. Yeah, I mean, it's not about facts; it's about feelings. And mm-hmm. you know, in order to ban the opposite, right? That you can't convert someone to homosexuality and transgenderism. I mean, you'd have to ban all network television. So you'd it's have to not ban so much the pornography. All these... You'd have to ban universities because this is where all this garbage is taught. And but preached. it's like all this damage has been done because mostly our culture of confusion. But then you're not allowed to undo it. It's like, oh, we got them here. You're not allowed to change their mind now. He got them. Yeah, because they basically have said, no, listen, the science of Satanism is official like that's unquestionable but this mythology of christianity and creation and god and right and wrong that's all that's fairy tales we're not going to have a country governed by fairy tales so instead we're going to subject generation of youth to this mental confusion this antichrist satanic philosophy i mean how many kids lives are going to be ruined because now they can't even be, they can't even seek help. They're afraid to seek help. Like they're going to know, oh, I can't go to my mom and dad because I'm going to get my mom and dad in trouble. And that's what we're about to get into because they quite literally are going to get them in trouble. This is like um, the last episode of the woe to you. <laughs> like, If you want to read, uh, I'll read this one. He says, so the punishments for going against this conversion law, it says um, the list for the punishments are everyone who knowingly causes another person to undergo conversion therapy, including by providing conversion therapy to that person is guilty of an indictable offense and liable to imprisonment for a term of not more than five years. So you can be thrown in prison for five years for trying to help somebody work through a mental confusion in a religious sense. What if you just... You're not giving them therapy on that. You're just sharing the gospel with them. Oh, but it, I would it's say... it's not about their gender confusion. You're just sharing the gospel with them, and you're just going to be very vague and say anything in life that you're unsure of, you pray to your Heavenly Father to give you guidance because I'm not allowed to. The Holy Spirit's your teacher. I right, don't know. they may say that's allowed, but that's <laughs> that doesn't work, right? That's that's pointless. Um, that's not an effective way to counsel somebody. That's not an effective way to present the gospel. That's not an effective way to present a biblical worldview. Um, you know, you can't just. And we've talked about this if you listen to our daily devotions. That like this idea of just not confronting very specific sins in people's life, yeah, 
is not effective. You know, just the message of like, none of us are perfect. Jesus loves you. That doesn't work, right? They Jesus didn't do would that. Be fine with that. The apostles <laughs> didn't do that. John the Baptist didn't. None of them did that. Yeah. The prophets didn't do that. They addressed very specific things that people did wrong. But now in Canada, you can get thrown in prison for five years for doing that. Um, and it's not just pastors, you know, this law, and I'm going to include this link over here, um, which has a news clip down here. Um, they're talking about parents. You know, if your parents suggest that you go to a pastor for conversion therapy to be helped through these troubling times, your parents can get thrown in prison. So now they're pitting mm. children against parents because right. Justin Trudeau knows how to raise your kids better than you do. Um, this is just wicked. Like, what do all the people think about it? Is, are there people there who are glad about it? Yes. Canada is a very, uh, <laughs> it's a very liberal, which I would say is a very godless uh, form of government and way to live. They, I mean, they elected Justin Trudeau, right? I mean, it wasn't a secret of who he was. Um, but yeah, so here you are now, parents of kids can be thrown in prison for trying to convince them not to cut their genitals off. Um, You're not allowed to homeschool there, are you? I don't know. I can't imagine it's looked on highly. Um, it's like you're Christians and you probably think, well, if I have to have my kids go to government schools and they're just going to be, you know, confused. It's just like. Why well, have kids if I'm not even allowed to raise them oh, in godly I'm, principles? Get your kids out of public oh, school, goodness. even if you're in this country. But it goes on to say that everyone who knowingly promotes or advertises conversion therapy is liable to prison term of no more than two years. So even if you just promote a biblical uh, counseling to get out of you know, your gender identity, your transgenderism, and all that confusion— even promoting that idea, you can get thrown in prison for two years. Because somebody will You can't snitch. even talk about this in Canada. Wow. And then it says everyone who receives financial or other material benefits, um, again, you can be thrown in prison for two years for that in Canada. So this is very real persecution. And it all has to do with God, with the word of God, with truth. They're just anti-Christ truth haters. Yeah. I mean, they hate the truth. They do. Um, they hate Christ. And I mean, again, you have to realize that these are satanic laws. These yeah. are anti-Christ people that are in charge. Um, you know, this isn't just simply, well, he wants to raise taxes and I want lower taxes. No, this is, they hate God and they, they are going to write God out of your life if you allow them to, um, or at least they're going to make it difficult, right? They're like, this is, Christian persecution coming out of Canada. Definitely. This isn't the Middle East. This isn't Afghanistan. This is Canada. And when they mess with your kids like that, like that's that's just the hardest thing. Yeah, it's when, like like who's going to watch your kids? Child abuse. What do they do with the kids then? If the parents get thrown in jail? Oh, I'm sure they'd love to put them into the system. Oh and, my goodness! Um, you know, raise up a bunch. So of So the kids wouldn't snitch on the parents because then they they will would. Do they want to go into the system? This is communism, right? I mean, why would if the you kids go to wanna... communism, communist countries and kids snitching on parents, is, it's not necessarily common, but it's not unheard of. Yeah. You know, because the party is more important than your parents. The party is more important than your religion. That's why communism is a religion. 
Secularism is a religion. It's a religion that hates all other religions. And Justin Trudeau, uh, an anti-Christ leader, is trying to squash Christianity in, um, in Canada. And I think we as believers need to be in prayer. Um, first off, for those people, we need to be reaching out to our pastors, um, whoever we can, try to figure out how to help these people um, in Canada. Mm, you know, right. And not just the past, uh, pastors, but again, those families that are going to suffer. I mean, think about the pain if you have a kid who's confused going through something like this, and you know that you can't go to God about this, you can't go to your pastor and seek help, seek a, seek a biblical understanding of what they're going through. You can't do that. You got to go to your, you know, transgender, blue hair university professor to tell you why your parents just don't understand. It's wicked. It's awful. It's terrifying. Um, you know, because I think, yeah, I mean, the children are going to suffer um, at the hands of this evil leader um, promoting wickedness in his nation. Um, but again, you know, we are alleviated of this, right? I mean, our leaders are a reflection of who we are. Yeah. So, That's you know, true. Canada, you know, is you don't want to say it, but this is what, this is the road they walked. And the sad thing is, is this is the road we're walking in this nation. Like I said, our leaders are every bit Justin Trudeau. Um, they're, they're two peas in a pod. The only difference is, it's harder to enact those type of laws in this country. Mm-hmm. Otherwise they would. So we need to be praying for the people in Canada, the pastors, but as Christians, we cannot forget to pray for Justin Trudeau. Um, he's not dead and in the grave to. yet. It is. <laughs> um, I haven't found time in my busy, busy day to do it yet, but I'm going to, um, but you got to pray that God's going to humble him. Um, show him the errors of his ways, you know, let those scales fall from his eyes. Um, because, you know, this one man and his influence is going to ruin the lives of a lot of people, um, a lot of children for generations and they need prayer, you know, and we can't stop praying for evil, evil men, um, yeah. until they're in How the do they all and, come against it? Like, do they band together? Can they make a difference banding together? Of course Christians. they can. Um, yeah, of course they can. Like, this is what's the, biggest the answer? Lie. What are they supposed to do? This is the biggest lie that I think governments push on their people that somehow we can't stand against it. You can 100% if the people in Canada just refused. Mm-hmm. If every pastor in Canada and every family of Christian orientation said, no, we're not putting up with that. You're going to have to throw all of us in jail. You're going to have to throw. I mean, they wouldn't be able to. There's not enough law enforcement. There's not enough political will. It's they just going to have to be chaos. You're just going to have to have chaos. Until but the it- thing is, is, you know, most of the time, Christians and those sort of people are go along to get along kind of people. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, it's, it's brainwashing. It's propaganda yeah. to think even in this country, we do it right. Like if we wanted to do something in this country, there's not enough police force to, to stop us. I mean, they literally have to drop the military would have to drop bombs on us to stop us, which they wouldn't do. So you know, it's only because we willingly go along. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's the reason why a human can tame a tiger, right? Because it just assumes that, like, you can stop it from doing what it wants to do. But if the tiger ever decides to change its mind, it just mauls you to death, right? So, um, 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing. We we have the power, we just don't utilize it. Um, and I know we're running long here, but I just want to make this point. I've made it before uh, because I do believe that there's a difference between sinning and being a sinner. Um, you know, we're all guilty of sinning and we all will continue to sin throughout our life until we leave this earthly body. Um, but that's different than being a sinner. Like you know? a willful yeah, like, sin. Yeah. You know, a, a sinner promotes um and lives a life of perpetual sin you know like they're unrepentant yeah so you know if you were in that moment right in a moment of weakness if i were to give in and watch porn let's say and then i felt remorse and i repented i sinned that's i'm a sin i'm sinning right um that's different than the person who owns and operates Pornhub and makes that their life they're a sinner um because they are engulfed in sin. That is who they, that's part of their being, right? It's different than in a moment of weakness sinning. Um, And I think Justin Trudeau, these slimy politicians in Canada, they're sinners. They're not sinning. They are sinners. Um, Mm -hmm. So they need to be brought to repentance. Um, Our politicians as well need to be brought to repentance. So, you know, I think it's, uh, is it Jeremiah, I believe that calls us to pray for our nation because that's where we find our well-being. Um, so we need to pray for our mm-hmm. nation and our slimy um, sinner leaders and Canada's. Um, we need to be praying for them as well. You know, we share a border. They're, they're countrymen of a sort, continent men of a sort. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we need to be praying for them because this is dangerous in Canada. Um, and this is one of those slippery slopes where if they don't stand up and push back now. Um, and they I mean, realize- our leaders are watching and seeing how it goes. Yeah, like I said, I think they would love to jump on this bandwagon. So uh, we've been running long here, but do you have any last thoughts on these topics that we've talked about? No, you said it. We need to pray. Need to pray. You guys need to like and subscribe and stick around for those episodes coming up the next couple of weeks. They should be pretty good. Um, And then make sure you check us out Monday through Friday with the five-minute daily devotionals. Um, Just a little bit of quick word to get your day going. Um, It's always worth it. So that's all we have for you guys. Love you. God bless. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.